blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than Swiftcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 88 of Swiftcast. Hey guys. Hey. Just one away from episode 89, which I'm for some reason excited about. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Ashley. Haley. And Steph. And there's been a lot of stuff going on recently. Yeah, even though Taylor's been on vacation, there's been a lot of stuff going on. So just a few minutes before we recorded, I saw on Tumblr that apparently the new Santa emoji is an envelope with a heart. Ooh. I'm wondering what this means. I think Taylor's going to be sending out some Valentine's Day gifts. Valentine's from Taylor. I want to be her Valentine. It makes so much sense that she would have fans be her Valentine. I love it. So something else really exciting that's been going on, and we talked about this a little bit last week on episode 87, we were speculating that Style probably will be the next single, and it hasn't been announced yet, but it's being played so much on radio already that it's in the top 40, and it's also already number 71 on the Hot 100. It just goes to show Taylor doesn't even need to release songs as a single to get them in the charts. I just hope she does a video soon for it. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering what a video would be like. I'm really not sure. Obviously, Harry has to be in it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're on good terms. It could happen. With a white t-shirt? Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty exciting. And I think it probably will be announced, I'm betting, by the end of the month. I would think so, yeah. So last week, we did something kind of new on Twitter and on last week's episode. We started looking at and talking about some of Taylor's old tweets from January of previous years, and people seem to really like that. I think it's a really interesting idea. It's cool just to go back and see what Taylor's been up to on this day X number of years ago. And this week has some really interesting ones with what she was doing over five years ago now. Oh, it's crazy. Well, I guess we can go in sort of reverse chronological order. So on January 5th, 2014, Taylor tweeted, so VMA just came in the mail. Oh, and this was the video. Yeah, that video was hilarious where she thought she broke it. (laughs) And I remember watching it thinking, it seems weird that they didn't mail it to her until now when the VMAs were in August. I feel like maybe they sent it to her the wrong house of hers and it had to get transferred to where she was. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, I'm pretty sure she'll be getting another one this year for Shake It Off and Blank Space. Definitely. So on January 5th of 2013, Taylor said, dot, 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 till you put me down, which of course was a lyric. So I Knew You Were Trouble was already out by then, so we knew it was her lyric, but everyone was kind of concerned about why she was sad. Yeah, it was a trying time, I feel like. Everybody was really concerned. She was on a vacation over Christmas. Oh, yeah. And then she kind of left. I think her vacation this year is a lot happier. <laughs> I, th- I think it was, yeah. <laughs> if you guys remember, this was after the there was a photo of her in a boat by herself. And then this tweet happened and everybody was concerned. And then on January 10th of the same year, Taylor said back in the studio, uh-oh, dot, dot, dot. So I think Taylor was inspired by saying, till you put me down, 
And then she went back in the studio. And at the secret session, some people actually asked Taylor what she recorded when she tweeted that. And she said she recorded All You Had to Do Was Stay. So we thought it would be perfect to discuss that song this week, given that it was recorded two years ago now, which is crazy. A song that we just heard, you know, about two months ago was actually recorded two years ago. It's kind of interesting, too, because if I had to guess what song on 1989 she wrote around that time, that wouldn't have been my guess. What would be your guess? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a song about a breakup, but it has such an upbeat vibe. I would have expected it to have been an angrier or sadder song. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe she also wrote an angry one that didn't make it on the album. True. On January 5th of 2012, Taylor tweeted, It would be so cool to see Safe and Sound back in the top 10. P.S. Just finishing Catching Fire. And I thought it was crazy to think Safe and Sound was actually over three years ago now already. It's crazy. Doesn't feel like it. So when that tweet happened and when that song came out, we didn't even have Red out yet. Yeah, it was in between. It was like a Christmas gift to us. It really was. I really wish that she had done more songs for the other Hunger Games movies. Me too. I'm glad Lord ended up doing it. Well, there's one more movie, so we still have hope. Yeah, maybe they'll let her wrap it up. That would be really cool. And so then, going back to 2011, on January 8th, 2011, she tweeted, Driving back from rehearsals, listening to Super Bass by Nicki Minaj over and over. I'm so obsessed with the song. I can't believe that was that long ago. It does not feel like it was that long ago. And as we know, that resulted in that song being a special guest performance on the Speak Now tour, which sounds super weird to say. It does. And if you never saw the video of Taylor rapping to this song, go look it up right now because it was amazing. First Taylor did it and then later Selena did the same thing and then it seemed like the song just blew up. And then lastly, we have a tweet from January 4th, 2010. Sorry to Grant for after having a dream where you were bitten by a shark, calling at 4am to make you swear to stay on land. <laughs> Taylor really doesn't like her sharks. Or sea urchins. These are all making me so emotional. Yeah, it's crazy. Five years ago? It doesn't even feel in some ways like she's been on Twitter for that long. But I guess it's been even longer than that. Yeah, it actually has been. When did she join? 2008? Yeah, I think that's right. Well, we're going to keep doing these, and hopefully you guys like it. I think it's really fun to look back. But now, moving on to some more current news, we're going to go into Keeping Up With Swift. This week, Blank Space hit over 300 million views already. And just on episode 86, we were talking about how Shake It Off was over 400 million views, making it her highest viewed video ever. And we were saying how Blank Space probably would quickly catch up with that, and... Yeah, it might even surpass Shake It Off. And speaking of Taylor joining Twitter way back in 2008, she has now reached 50 million followers on Twitter. That's awesome. That is insane. Well, in more record-breaking news, 1989 was number one for now the eighth week and had 172,000 in sales this week. So the total sales now in the U.S. are at 3,833,000 which is so close to it going quadruple platinum. Hopefully that will happen this week. But the worldwide sales are at over 5 million. They're at 5,428,000 total. Insane. Absolutely insane. That is crazy. Yeah, I was reading that people are forecasting 
the album will sell 7 million just in the U.S. by the end of the year. I see it happening. She just needs to come out with, like, Polaroids Part 2 or something. (laughs) Well, Taylor did not attend the People's Choice Awards, but she did win all three of the categories she was nominated for. So she won Favorite Female Artist, Favorite Pop Artist, and Favorite Song for Shake It Off. So that's super cool. I didn't appreciate them manipulating us into watching, though. I felt very deceived. (laughs) I knew she wasn't attending, but I sat there all night just waiting for them to get to her categories, and they never did them on the show, and then right after the show ended, it was announced that she won. Yeah, I think they like to... Take advantage of Swifties. (laughs) That, and I think they like to only announce the categories where people are actually there. So there were a lot of weird categories announced, I thought. Well, I just assumed she wasn't going to win, and that somebody in her categories who was there would win, but... I guess her records have been so high that it would be silly to have anyone else win. Right. People's Choice is fan voted, so good job, Swifties. Keep Well, actually, there aren't any award shows coming up that are fan voted, so we'll keep you updated, though. As we mentioned earlier, Taylor took a little break this week. She was on vacation in several different locations. First, she was spotted in the Cayman Islands. And then later, she tweeted photos of her in Catalina, and she was spending time there with Scott Swift, Jamie King, Gracie Gold, Lord, and Haim. And it's funny because she was joking around that Scott joined the band when she (laughs) had a photo of them all together. So hopefully she got a nice little break and was able to get some sun. I don't know if her mom or her brother were there. We didn't see pictures, but I just find it really funny thinking of all her young celebrity friends hanging out and then Scott, the dorky dad, just being there. (laughs) Like, make sure you put on sunblock, everyone. (laughs) It's funny. People were commenting about the photo of them, how Taylor was in a summer dress, and then I think Jamie had on a big coat. Lord had on pants and a sweater. So people were asking, what actually is the weather right now? Well, Taylor just has a special cloud of perfect weather that surrounds her at all times. (laughs) The sun follows her everywhere. That's true. Yeah. And then there was people were pointing out how Scott had on a plaid shirt that was exactly the same as a shirt that Taylor has worn in the past. And that was kind of funny. Yes, that was hilarious. Taylor wore it during the Red Era. It looks exactly the same. I don't think it's the same shirt, though, because I don't think they'd be the same size. Exactly, yeah. But that was pretty hilarious. I'm sure that she'll comment on it on Tumblr if she hasn't already. Yeah. Her dad probably liked it so much that he bought one. Probably. She probably was like, Dad. (laughs) Now I can't wear it again. Well, for Taylor's upcoming schedule, the next major thing on her calendar is, of course, the Grammys on February 8th. And I asked people on Twitter what they thought she was going to be performing because it was just announced this week that she will be performing, which we pretty much expected. And most people think Shake It Off, but I think people are also hoping that with last year's All Too Well that maybe she'll surprise us and just do something totally different. I think she'll do Shake It Off. I do too, because that's the song that's nominated for everything. Song of the Year, Best Pop Solo Performance, and Record of the Year. So I think she'll do Shake It Off, and I think she'll find a way to make it special for the Grammys. Well, and we might even get a glimpse of how it will be performed on tour. 
yeah, at least maybe the outfit or something will be similar. I mean, it's been performed so many times at this point that I feel like we've pretty much seen what it's going to be. But I don't know. She always surprises us. Yeah, I guess for me, for Tor, I'm guessing it will be the final finale of the show. Yeah. So I'm sure she'll have something huge actually on tour. And I think even though she's performed it so many times already, she can't incorporate those huge elements into just a small little stage. I think it will be great no matter what. I'm excited. Then the next award show that she will be performing on is the Brit Awards on February 25th. And the nominations will be announced on Thursday the 15th. So look out for that. And this is the show where I expect her to do something other than Shake It Off. We talked last week on episode 87, and Ashley said maybe style would be it. And now I'm definitely leaning toward that as well. Didn't you? I knew you were trouble on the Brits. Yeah, exactly. And then that ended up basically being the tour performance. Right. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Well, now it's time for our mini segments and lots of Swifty problems as usual. Yes, our first one is from at MarySwifty12. Having you are in love in your head 24-7, but you can't listen to it unless you're in the car. Swifty problems. You need to upload it on your phone. But I know what you mean, because I would rather just buy it on iTunes and spend the extra money to have it on my phone rather than figure out how to get it off the CD onto my phone. I'm sure it's easy, but I'm technologically challenged sometimes. I almost just rebought the entire album the other day because it had disappeared from my phone and I was really upset, but luckily I figured out how to re-download it. I was totally willing to just rebuy it. <laughs> when she finally released the bonus songs on iTunes from, I think, Speak Now, I don't think Red ever was, I ended up just buying them because I didn't feel like getting them off the CD onto my phone somehow. Our next one is from at I am genius and they said downloading a movie on my iTouch hope it will fit considering three-fourths of the memory is Taylor Swift pictures Swifty problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah nothing fits on my phone because I have all Taylor pictures our next one is from starfish and that's the s is an eight when you're having trouble sleeping and then Taylor Swift comes on the radio and you know you're not going to sleep Swifty problems absolutely you can't fall asleep in the middle of that our next one is from at Melina Willick. I got so excited at the end of Love Story that I threw my phone and sang so loud that I woke up my little brother. Swifty problems. It's a pretty exciting song. Especially toward the end, which is where she got too excited. <laughs> I wonder if she was listening to the new remix that Taylor's been performing. Yes. <laughs> Our next one is from at Starlights13. You know you're a Swifty when your friends and family feel annoyed because you talk about her too much. Swifty problems. Well, they shouldn't be annoyed. They should be happy that you're educating them. <laughs> Our next one is from Fearless Whovian. I have so much Taylor Swift stuff. I wonder why I don't have a trunk to put all of them in. Swifty problems. A trunk or a fireproof box. I've thought about that. I've always been thinking, like, what if something happens? I need a big box to protect all of this. Our last submission for this week comes from at Seattle Swifty underscore. I can't stop scrolling through my Tumblr feed. There are just too many amazing posts about Taylor. Swifty problems. That's so true. Well, thank you everyone who sent in their Swifty problems. And you can always tweet those to us throughout the week and we'll read them on next week's episode. And now it's time for our fashion, which is exciting this week because some older items from a while ago have finally been tracked down. 
So the first outfit actually goes back to April 12th of this year. When she was out and about in New York City, Taylor wore a gas three-quarter sleeve scoop back striped top, which is marked down to $17.25 and still available on the guest website. And with that, she wore denim shorts, which are Hudson jeans, Hampton Hackney rolled denim shorts, which are $102. Never too early to start stocking up for spring and summer. Yes, we need to think of warm thoughts. Something really funny about the black and white striped top from this outing. Once Taste with Style found it, she posted a photo of the model and it looked like Taylor wore it backwards. And <gasps> Taste with Style made a comment because when Taylor went to the Knicks game, she apparently wore a shirt backwards there. And Taylor replied on Tumblr and said something like, what you're telling me is I wore the shirt wrong, right? And so it looks like Taylor did it again. I'm not sure if she actually replied to this one, though. But she made it look better than the model, as always. She's just being unique. Well, then in November 13th, when she was leaving her apartment, she wore a Gallery V knit sweater, which is $236.18, which I love this sweater. I'm so happy that she found it. And she wore that with her black orchid mid-rise jeggings in Malaga wine, which is like a maroony color. And it's on sale for $39, but it's out of stock right now. And then she wore her leather knee boots, which is 145 euros. And then she wore her Topshop green cable faux fur palm beanie, which is $26. And she had her Aldo Fratopolazine bag in Bordeaux. Then on December 5th, when Taylor was leaving her apartment in New York, she was wearing a black wool coat that was short, and that is by And Other Stories. It is $195. And then she was carrying her black Dolce & Gabbana large Agata shoulder bag, which is no longer available. Then she also wore her Isabel Morant Dicker suede ankle boots, and unfortunately those are out of stock. Well, just last week on January 1st, she was leaving her apartment in New York. She had on her Prada leather knee-high boots, $1,040, along with her red Joe's jeans mid-rise leggings. The color is actually called Red Sea. Those are $126. And then with that, she had her green Dolce & Gabbana Sophia textured leather bag, which is sold out. And then just a couple days ago on the 9th, while walking around Catalina, she wore her Free People Red Dreamy Days print dress, which is a boho style. It's $128. She wore a Rag and Bone Dunaway hat, which is $195, which I think I love the most. And her Free People's Jen's Pirate Booty, which is super pretty. And that is $268. She really pulls off free people stuff very well. She does. I cannot. A lot of their stuff is really not meant for everybody. You kind of have to be really tall and skinny to wear it. Yeah, I love the dress and I love her hat obsession recently. There's a free people hat called pork pie that she always wears and it's out of stock. But she really pulls off a hat so well. Well, thank you, as always, to TaySwiftStyle.com for taking the time to track down these outfits. And now, moving right along to our main discussion, as we mentioned earlier, we wanted to talk about All You Had to Do Was Stay. We're sort of working our way through song by song on 1989, and 
this is one of the ones that we hadn't done yet and it's really a great song and there's a lot of interesting discussion about it. Yeah, I guess we should just start off with how Taylor described the song because it's such an interesting backstory. So we'll just read her quote quickly. She said, This song was inspired by a weird dream that I had. It was one of those dreams where you have sort of a social embarrassment happen and you can't stop it because you're in a sleep state. But basically, this dream was about I was trying to talk to someone, a very important person to me at the time, and all that would come out of my mouth instead of normal words was this very high-pitched singing, stay. And no matter what I tried to say, that was the only sound that would come out of my mouth. I woke up incredibly weirded out and decided that I was going to write it into a song, and I'd already been kind of working on this one song, so it ended up being the perfect kind of weird vocal part that really completed this song that I'm so stoked about. So it has a really cool backstory that Taylor's writing songs in her sleep pretty much. I'm pretty sure she's the only artist who can claim to do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I first heard about the song, and especially when she first tweeted the lyric from it before the album came out, which was, I believe the one she tweeted was, you were all I wanted, but not like this. Yes, and everybody made jokes about it and said something like, when you think you're getting a chocolate chip cookie, but it's actually oatmeal raisin. (laughs) There's so many good comparisons with that line, but the line, kind of like what I was saying last week about I wish you would, sounded again like it was going to be a kind of sad, almost all too well-like song, and I expected it to be a sad song. And I guess it is about a breakup, like I was saying earlier, but it's so upbeat and fun to dance to and just really great. And of course, this is track number five on the album. And so similar to what Ashley is saying, track five always has been kind of a a sad song throughout all of Taylor's albums. You have Cold As You, White Horse, Dear John, All Too Well. Those are her saddest songs ever. Yeah. And people post these things on Tumblr all the time with each song. And it will be like a photo of Emma Stone eating ice cream or something. And then it goes to All You Had to Do with Stay. And it's a picture of Taylor like dancing around. It's hilarious. But I still think it's a perfect track five song. I can't see any other song being in that track number. I don't either. What I really love about the song, even though she's saying All You Had to Do with Stay, and now that you know, he's back and wanting to get back together with her. She's basically saying it's all too late, but if that at the time all he had to do was stay and they would have been able to work everything out. It's a very good moving on with your life song to me. Yeah, I agree. It's really like, hey, this could have been so easy for you, but you blew it, so see you later. (laughs) I guess when you think about it in that context, it almost does make more sense. At the time that we now know she wrote it, maybe Harry tried to call her after she left their vacation. Exactly. And one thing I like about this song is, even though she doesn't say who it's about, she kind of gives you the clue with the line, all I know is that you drove us off the road. And when you think about Out of the Woods with the snowmobile accident, and Style also has a line in it about reckless driving with driving around with no headlights. So she uses this driving thread throughout three different songs to give us a clue. 
I just saw a post on Tumblr yesterday that was like, do you realize Harry almost killed Taylor so many times? (laughs) Obviously, he is a very bad driver. Well, I tried to think about how I would picture the song being performed on tour, and I was kind of having a hard time imagining it, actually. I agree. This song, I'm not sure. It might be a question mark for me, like I wish you would. I think it'll definitely be performed on tour, though I've said that about every song on the album. But (laughs) (laughs) I can see it being like how on the Red Tour, she opened with State of Grace, and then she did Holy Ground, which was a big production number. And then she did Red, which was a little more just like kind of her standing there singing. Mm -hmm. I can see All You Have to Do is Say being more like that, like after a big production number, more of an understated performance. Kind of like a transition song, so like the dancers and some other people could probably get into other costumes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could see that. I think this song is less than a question mark than I wish you would for me. I hate that you keep saying that, because if she doesn't do I wish you would, I'm going to cry. I hope I'm wrong. Like I said a million times, I want her to do every single song and all the bonus tracks in the perfect (laughs) world. That's how it would be. But I agree. I don't see this being a huge production. I think, like we talked about last week on episode 87, I Wish You Would has more of a story to it, something that could be played out on stage, whereas this is just a really upbeat song, and I could see it kind of being, like we talked about, a little understated while they prepare for whatever song comes after it. One of my favorite parts of this song is how she starts off with people like you always went back, the love they gave away, and people like me want to believe you when you say you've changed. And then after the chorus, then it goes into he's calling her, she doesn't know what to say. And then it's people like you always went back, the love they pushed away, but people like me are gone forever when you say goodbye. In a way, it's like she's changing during the song. First, she wants to believe that he changed and she really wants to go back. And then next thing you know, she's she's saying, I'm going to be gone forever because you said goodbye. I just love that part. That's interesting. And I kind of wonder if she wrote the song all at one time or if she was working on it over a period of time and her attitude changed. And that's why the lyrics reflected that. Yeah, that's a good point, because she said before she had this dream, she already had been working on this song, and then the dream really completed the song for her. It took me a while to get some of the lyrics down in this song, but I didn't have any embarrassing mistakes like I did for I Wish You Would when I said I thought it was Stand Back Wasted instead of To Stand Back Where You Stood. Well, Haley, ever since you said that thing last week, I can totally hear cooking love now. (laughs) Cooking love in a straight line down. I mean, I think that's more plausible. I can hear that more. I never thought it was stand back wasted, but I know a lot of people thought that. (laughs) This one, I don't think has anything like that, but it did take me a while. It's very fast paced, so you really have to be able to keep up with the words seems like the majority of the non-Swifty world is just now catching on to the fact that it's not Starbucks lovers in blank space. (laughs) Well, Starbucks, I think, actually is making a Christmas ornament that has something to do with that line. Are they really? Yeah. 
I oh saw God. a photo of it on Tumblr, but I don't know what happened to it. I saw some page that I like on Facebook that has nothing to do with Taylor. It's just someone saying, did anyone else realize that it's not Starbucks lovers in blank space? And then there were like hundreds and hundreds of comments of people saying that they thought it was. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a Valentine's Day Starbucks lovers drink or special cup for Taylor. They should. So many businesses are using lyrics from Taylor. Like even, I think Wendy's or something posted a line from Blank Space for their chicken tenders, something like that. Taylor's just everywhere these days. Just last week on Law & Order SVU, Olivia Benson was saying to someone, welcome to New York. And I don't know who the character was, but the character said, oh, like the song. <laughs> I saw that on the episode before it was all over Twitter and I was freaking out. Obviously, that wasn't an accident. They should have played the song. <laughs> I thought that was really cool, though. Well, have you guys thought at all about what a music video for this would look like? For me, not really. I kind of don't think there will be one. No, I don't think it will be a single. I think there are just too many other songs that could be singles. And also, when you think about it, if we're right that Styles going to be a single we're already on the third single and usually taylor only releases five or six songs as singles so we're almost halfway there already i feel like she could release more this time and she seems to be releasing them at a faster pace this time well it's like we said even if she doesn't release it the songs almost take on a life of their own and just start getting popular yeah the radio just starts playing them somebody was saying the other day that how You Get the Girl was played on the radio. Still, I don't see her officially releasing any more than seven songs. I think with this album, it's definitely possible a bonus track could be released as a single. So you have to factor that in as well. So for this song, I just don't really think it would be a single. But if it was a music video, I'm not sure what she would do with it. She probably could make it like a story. And I was thinking of her past videos and trying to just think of anything that came to mind for this song. The only video that really came to mind was the story of us for some reason. Oh, yeah. I like that idea. Well, that video is probably, of all her videos, the only one recently that's kind of just been less, I don't want to say less dramatic, but less less of a production, more just like an everyday kind of scene. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like that's probably her least memorable music video. I feel like it's not a video that really people think of when they think of her past albums or past videos. The story of us was really, that was when she only released a song to pop radio and not to country. So the music video wasn't played on country stations at all. It was MTV. And it's not like her other music videos where she would have a big thing with a big introduction like she did for We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together and Safe and Sound with MTV. So yeah, I guess it might be a little bit less memorable, but it's a great video. People should watch it. I was just thinking about how she always, for all of her other albums, has done the tour video. The final single has the tour, which I love those so much. So... I was just wondering what song maybe that would be, and I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good question because so many songs are so unique on this album that they really would demand their own storyline. Yeah, although this song I could maybe see it, kind of like Red was 
the tour video for Red. Maybe this one would be the final single and have a montage of the tour. Yeah, I can see that. The only other song that I feel like could work for a tour montage is Welcome to New York, but I don't really think that's going to be a single. I don't really either, but you're right. I could see that as being a montage too. But all the other songs really seem like they need their own music video. They definitely do. Well, we got a couple of tweets about the song. One was from M Loves Tay, and she said, It's the perfect song to scream the lyrics to, especially with the high-pitched stay. Definitely one of my faves off of 1989. I agree. Yes. It's a great song to work out to as well. It is, yeah. It's high energy, keeps you moving. It's great. And then we got another one from at underscore E Club, E-K-L-U-B. They said, right when I heard the first high-pitched stay, I was hooked. My jam. (laughs) Well, I'd love to know, now that we've gone through several of the songs on 1989, so, so far on previous episodes, we've covered Welcome to New York, Out of the Woods, obviously Shake It Off, and then we've covered All You Had to Do Was Stay, I Wish You Would, and Bad Blood. Am I missing any? Blank Space and How You Get the Girl. Oh yes, those two. So we've covered a good majority of the album, and I'd love to hear what you guys wanted us to tackle next, because it's kind of to the point where all the remaining songs are so amazing that we know it's going to have to be a really long discussion on them. I really like talking about these songs, because we get to hear what you guys think about them, and we get to speculate about what it could be like to be performed or in a music video. It's kind of like you get to put yourself in Taylor's shoes because when she writes these songs that's what she does she writes it and then she thinks about oh well what would this look like if I did make a video for it or what if I did perform it on tour then what would I do to bring it to life so it's fun to get to do this before we have any idea what's going to happen on tour it's just crazy to think that she probably has all the performances worked out already she probably does she's probably going to start rehearsing soon May isn't too far away. Feels like it is because it's freezing, but it'll be here before we know it. So if you have any thoughts about All You Have to Do is Stay or about what songs you think we should cover next, you can always tweet us at SwiftCast13 or contact us on our website, SwiftCast13.com or Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast or email us at TheSwiftCast13 at gmail.com. And you should definitely subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already, because that gives you the latest episodes automatically every week. So we're already halfway through January, which is crazy. So what do we think Taylor is going to do next week? Oh, I have a good one. So we know that she was in Catalina with Lord and her other friends this past week. And I guess, well, tonight's the Golden Globes. So actually, we'll find out very soon whether I'm right about this. And if I'm wrong, then sorry. So I guess Lord is up for a Golden Globe for the Hunger Games. And so I was thinking maybe Taylor will go with her to support her or maybe even go to some of the after parties or something. That's a really good prediction. I would love to see her just in the audience. Yeah, and hopefully Lord will win. That would be great. That would. I love that song. I think it was the perfect song for the end credits. And I just love Lord already anyway. Well, I think Taylor is going to be dropping a couple more of those Valentine emojis to some 
crazy fans out there. Tumblr is going crazy making little baby Cupid Swifts. <laughs> and like a whole bunch of other graphics saying, you know, be prepared. And then it has the emoji. It's crazy on Tumblr right now. So I think she's going to drop a couple more of those. A lot of people are thinking instead of gifts that she's going to be sending out like cards or something. I think she would send gifts with it. She's pretty generous. Well, I know that the Christmas gifts she started sending out in early November, so it's definitely not too early for her to be sending Valentine's. No, not at all. And Easter is early this year. So I wonder if she'll start sending out Easter baskets in March or something. <laughs> Probably. She has to stay on top of things. Well, all I'm saying is if I can't have a pathetic singles girl party with Taylor, I just want to be her Valentine. Well, I can't wait to see what people get from her. The first emoji was received just yesterday, so maybe they'll already be getting their package this week. Who knows? Maybe she bought some gifts in Catalina. Ooh, yeah. Maybe she'll send people on a trip to Catalina. <laughs> she always tops herself. <laughs> well, whatever happens, you know, we'll be covering it on next week's episode, episode 89. Woohoo! Oh my goodness! But for now, this has been Ashley, Haley, and Steph. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Peace out, Swiss Scout. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.